0: You're listening to Vaccine Curious. The coronavirus pandemic begs the question, what do we know about vaccines? This podcast investigates vaccines from an individual, a societal, and scientific perspective. Your host is Professor in Global Health from University of Southern Denmark, Christine Steppel-Ben. Welcome to Vaccine Curious. <laughs> Professor of Immunology at Radboud University in the Netherlands. Welcome to this podcast. It's a great pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you very much.
0: I would like to talk with you uh, more than most people because you are the father of innate immunity, trained innate immunity, and you are also the person who discovered that vaccines can affect the innate immune system in ways we never anticipated. Um, So... I'm really eager to share all the knowledge that you have accumulated over the years with the people listening to this podcast. Uh, And I'd really like to set the scene by asking you, uh, first and foremost, uh, by by the time you started studying vaccine effects on the innate immune system, what was then the general understanding of uh, vaccine effects on the innate immune system?
1: So the innate immune system was always thought to be Relatively primitive to do all the time the same thing, uh, to perform uh, actions that were very important to eliminate the pathogens, but to not build an immunological memory. And however, during, uh, during the last uh, 30 or 40 years, it became very clear that innate immune responses are also very important for induction secondarily of an adaptive immune response, for example, through antigen presentation. Through expression of costimulatory molecules on antigen-presenting cells, production and release of cytokines, which would induce stimulation of adaptive immune cells, such as TMB cells. All these actions were known to be crucial for induction of adaptive immunity. At the same time, it was clear that after vaccination and during vaccination, activation of the Immune, innate immune system, activation of antigen-presenting cells, such as dendritic cells, macrophages, and so on, were an important component. However, they were thought that they were important, especially in the first day days after vaccination, because they take up the antigen or the microorganism that, that forms uh, the vaccine and they are activated and present those antigens to uh, to TMB cells. So that was the most important effect thought of vaccines on innate immunity, what is happening in the first hours and days after vac- a vaccination, where when these innate immune cells are important for antigen presentation.
0: And I guess that's what we will also feel when we get a vaccine and we get these side effects that everybody knows within the first days of vaccination. That is the the signal of your innate immune system being activated, right?
1: Absolutely. And we should not m- misunderstand. These are very important effects. So, for example, what is happening in those first days is very important indeed. And those initial effects of the innate immune uh, cells through the activation of an antibody response, through the B cells, activation of T cell response, and so on, are very important. No question about that. Production of cytokines, which is a which is a component of that response, gives us these uh, slight uh, side effects, fever, or not feeling completely well, or whatever. This is what is happening usually during an infection, but of course in much milder form uh, after a vaccination.
0: And and at that time when you started studying vaccine effects on the innate immune system, it was just believed that this would take a couple of days, and then the adaptive immune system would would start building, and this is what was what would then create the the immunity towards the pathogen when you met it uh, again and and basically the role of the innate immune system was over after this initial kickoff
1: absolutely correct that is that is what was believed and that is what we believed as well <laughs> I, I must say i mean there so, are no exception to the rules <laughs> yeah.
0: so what changed your uh, your way of thinking about this
1: well, to be very honest, I would like to say that, oh, we were so smart and some, uh, suddenly we got a fantastic idea. But to be very honest, it was more, uh, more that we have observed in one of our studies, something that we were completely unprepared for, uh, uh, to put it this way. Uh, we were doing a study on BCG and we were studying how BCG influences the expression of toll-like receptors. So, um,
0: why, why were you doing this study? Well, place. we were
1: doing these studies just to understand how the antigen presentation is uh, stimulated during the first, uh, those first um, hours and days, how, how the initial recognition of the pathogen of mycobacterium tuberculosis, or in our case, mycobacterium bovis, was recognized by antigen-presenting cells. We were just interested to, uh, to know uh, what is happening.
0: So you but... are not interested in a vaccine as such? It was more like it was a model of an infection,
1: Yes, yes, it was more like a model of an infection. And we expected that maybe there would be some changes in the expression of these toll-like receptors on antigen presentation cells uh, during vaccination. And we have used uh, mycobacterium tuberculosis as a stimulus after the people were vaccinated. But we also wanted to take a control microorganisms, uh, microorganism which had nothing to do actually with, uh, with mycobacteria and we had in our laboratory Candida albicans because, we, because our group was traditionally working uh, a lot with uh, with fungal pathogens and we thought well we take a fungus just as a negative control we expected that BCG would not influence the recognition and the stimulation of cells uh, by fungal pathogens and, so just and to it,
0: to to recapitulate you were vaccinating some some adults uh, I guess it was medical, yes, medical yes, it was students. Some young,
1: <laughs> some young people. They were, they were getting vaccine anyway because they were going for internships in, in Africa, basically, and they got a BCG shot anyway as a, as a part of the prevention measures. As a vaccine against tuberculosis. In- yes. Uh, yeah. yes.
0: And, and then you and, took blood samples?
1: And we took blood samples before they got the vaccine and after they got the vaccine, and we re their innate immune cells with both mycobacterium tuberculosis, and with candida albicans. And we wanted to compare those two. And the expectation was that the response towards mycobacterium tuberculosis might be different, but the response to a fungus, which had nothing to do with with BCG, would be precisely the same after BCG vaccination. But uh, to our surprise, what we saw is that the response not only against mycobacteria was different but also the response to the fungus and we could not understand that actually and uh, initially we thought we made a mistake so we repeated the study and we obtained the same and then we asked ourselves well some something must be going on and we could not explain this changed response based on the adaptive immune response b cells and t cells because they are uh, they are antigen dependent so they are very specific towards the Uh, towards the pathogens which are contained in the vaccine, so we could not explain that. And then we started to look at the innate immune responses, at the innate immune cells, to see whether, contrary to, to what it was believed, they might also be changed after the BCG vaccination.
0: And what did you find?
1: Well... We did find, indeed, that, that the response of innate immune cells, and we started to look initially at monocytes and macrophages, they were much better after BCG vaccination. And not only against mycobacteria, the component of the vaccine, but against any type of other microorganisms. We, we tested uh, fungi, and then we started to test uh, bacteria, gram-positive bacteria, Staphylococcus aureus, components from gram-negative bacteria, Lipopolysaccharide. And it was a non-specific improvement of the function of these cells, which lasted actually for weeks and months, and 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 that was very surprising also because because the the lifetime of a monocyte in the circulation, for example, is only two or three days, and we were seeing these effects for three months and even one year after after the BCG vaccination. And then then we performed additional studies and we discovered that BCG vaccination was was changing actually the entire, uh, the entire development of the monocytes and macrophages and other innate immune cells, starting from the bone marrow progenitors. And, um, and now we understood also that this might be, might have important clinical implications. And of course, we, uh, in, in, in the meantime, we discovered also the old studies published on the epidemiology of, of BCG protected against other types of infections, your beautiful work. Uh, together with Peter Abbey in in West Africa, in Guinea-Bissau, on the same subject. And then we understood, basically, that we are looking at something that was known at the epidemiological and clinical level. But now we understood also how it's working at the immunological level
0: and that is absolutely fantastic because i think the epidemiological findings for a long time were dismissed because it was it seemed implausible that a vaccine like bcg developed against tuberculosis could protect against uh, so many other diseases but but this uh, whole mechanism of of entering the bone marrow uh, bcg being given as a vaccine but entering the bone marrow and reprogramming the the innate immune cells so that the, well you can say the mother innate immune cells so that they will give rise to generations uh, and and you see these effects months and years after BCG vaccine that that the innate immune cell system has has changed that's that's really a, a fantastic uh, discovery vaccine curious can you can you tell us just a bit about what takes place within the cell, because uh, that's also one, I think, major discovery from your group, that how this reprogramming takes place, just briefly.
1: Yes. So, what what we thought is, how is it possible that this changed effect on the function of the cells would be so long-lasting? Because, uh, because that was not possible to, uh, to be mediated by the same mechanisms as in T and B cells. Because those mechanisms are not available basically in innate immune cells, such as uh, an antibody gene rearrangement and so on. And we thought, we, we started to, uh, to think very simple. Well, we see a change in the function of the cell. So this is mediated basically by different proteins that are mediating those, uh, those functions. And we took as an example and as a model. Uh, production of pro-inflammatory cytokines. and and we have seen that the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines was strongly increased after after uh, BCG vaccination and actually also after other uh, other components of of microorganisms. and And what we have observed is the following is first of all, that this in long-term increase in in the synthesis of pro-inflammatory cytokines and other proteins that are necessary for host defense, is regulated at transcription level, so at RNA level. And then we thought also, okay, so what is, what is able to regulate, to give long-term regulation of gene transcription? And those were described in the last 10 years, let's put it this way, 10, 15 years, as epigenetic mechanisms. So these are biochemical processes that take place in the chromatin, in the DNA, in the, in the nucleus of the cell, which are independent of the actual uh, base pair f- uh, follow up in in the DNA. There are chemical changes that take place in DNA, for example, DNA methylation, or that take places in the histones, which form the nucleosomes uh, that that determine the uh, the architecture of the of the chromatin in the in the cell. And what we discovered is the following: um, it was known discovered by other people, that a cell, if it doesn't need to produce a certain protein, the chromatin in that l- genetic locus is closed. It's very tightly packaged, so it cannot, uh, uh, so the transcription factors cannot bind to the promoter of the gene, and gene transcription doesn't take place because it's not needed. And that is true, for example, for, uh, for genes important for, for host defense in an innate immune cell that is not activated. There is no infection, there is no need to produce these proteins, so the chromatin is very tightly packaged in those uh, those loci. However, when when we encounter an infection, the cell recognizes the pathogen, they induce uh, uh, intracellular signaling upon recognition of the pathogen, and that induces an opening of the chromatin in the places which are necessary for host defense. And that is, it, that is taking place by uh, chemical modifications in the histones, in the proteins that, that form the chromatin together with the DNA. And there is methylation, acetylation, phosphorylation that takes place in, in these histones. And this determines a change in the chromatin architecture, a more opening of the chromatin, and in this way, um, in this way the, uh, uh, the gene transcription take, uh, can take place. We always thought that when the infection is eliminated, these chemical changes in the histones are lost, the chromatin collapses in a a closed uh, uh, conformation, the gene transcription stops, and every time when the cell is activated, the same thing takes place once again. However, what we discovered is that indeed the chromatin, after the infection is eliminated, the chromatin does close up mostly. But all these chemical changes that took place in the first uh, uh, place are not completely lost. Some of them are retained. Some of them are lost, but some of them are retained, especially uh, methylation of histones at certain uh, places in the chromatin uh, stays there. And they actually bookmark the places in the chromosome that are in in the chromatin that are necessary for host defense. So basically, it's like a book. When you close the book, you cannot read it. When you need it, you open it, you look at the page that you need, you you start to read instruction, what do you need to do when when an infection takes place. And we always thought, well, the book closes when the infection is eliminated, and you have to open it again uh, during a new infection. And that is true. But the change now is that in that book, there is a bookmark now. So this bookmark are these chemical changes in the histones. And when you need, again, the book to be open, you have a bookmark there. You can open the book at the right place much easier, much quicker, because you have that bookmark. And that is precisely what is happening, basically, in the cell, which encounters a second time the infection or after a vaccination, because those genes which are necessary for host defense are bookmarked. So the chromatin can open and can be activated much easier now because of these bookmarks. And that explains the improved responsiveness and improved host defense after a BCG vaccine, for example.
0: That's that's so well described. Uh, I can I can see Rasmus nodding here, <laughs> uh, and he's not an immunologist. So I think that that is really a, a beautiful description of how the cell's uh, phenotype has been uh, changed. Michael. But but the the curious thing here, and and you. Uh, alluded to that is that normally the innate immune cells, they wouldn't last very long so even if you put the bookmark into the innate immune cells that are, that are present in, in, in the body at the time of the infection, they would die and with them that knowledge that they had acquired, the bookmark that they had acquired, but, but the the beauty is here, as I understand it, that the BCG will enter also the bone marrow or parts of messages at least from BCG. I don't know if you've become if you've come closer to what it is that enters the bone marrow. But it, but if I understand it correctly, it puts the bookmark also in the mother cells of the innate immune cells, so that their all the cells that they will subsequently produce will have at least for a period will have this uh, bookmark present.
1: Absolutely correct. So. That is what we asked ourselves also, how is it possible that we see these bookmarks also after three months and so on, while those monocytes and macrophages are long gone, either died or are in the tissues, and we cannot collect them. So what we studied then, and we discovered that precisely the same processes take place in the bone marrow, where the stem cells or the mother cells are are placed, and they undergo precisely the same changes. Now, we have looked whether the BCG itself goes to the bone marrow. Probably not. We were not able to find the, bo, uh, the BCG in the bone marrow. What we now think is happening is that locally, when we inject the BCG in the skin, there are, again, innate immune cells which are activated. They release uh, mediators, endogenous mediators, which are other cytokines, and we believe that certain cytokines, such as interleukin-1, interleukin uh, 3 interferon gamma gmcsf are important those those mediators mediators travel from the skin to the bone marrow they induce these changes in the bone marrow and then these uh, these changes will persist for months and maybe a couple of years uh,
0: so do you think that anything you injected in the skin which induced these cytokines would basically be able to create the same response in the bone marrow?
1: Well, I don't think so, actually, because because you do need a certain combination of, of receptors that induce certain signals and a certain, let's say, soup of mediators. So not everything will, will be able to do that. Sometimes you have also too strong stimulation too strong stimulation is also not uh, not good because that overwhelms the system and then the system tends to shut down basically when it's overwhelmed by a too strong uh too strong uh, stimulus that is happening for example in sepsis in very severe infections the innate immune system is so strongly activated that it actually shuts down uh, all these changes actually there are also some protective mechanisms taking place in the uh, in the nucleus uh, that wants to protect actually the the cell for, from being overactivated, and it shuts down the entire gene transcription. So you need a certain balance, and actually BCG does provide uh, provide such a balance. And this balance is given by a moderate stimulation, so not a too strong stimulation, but a moderate stimulation. At the same time, certain certain signaling pathways that induce certain uh a certain uh, activation of transcription factors and cytokines and also duration we do think that also the fact that bcg is given um, uh, intradermally and it persists there for a couple of weeks four to six weeks in general that is also an important component it's like well I don't know if it's completely correct. It's like cooking. Uh, is like uh, cooking. You put you put uh, you put uh, uh, the stove at at low intensity, but for a long time to to make a good uh, uh, to, to make good food. Let's say uh, so. Uh, so there are several. So not everything is, is is inducing train immunity. Not everything is able to induce this uh, this uh, this long term effects. You do need a certain combination of Type of the stimuli, duration of the stimuli, and intensity of the stimulus.
0: Wonderful, <laughs> that's a recipe for for a good innate immune system. There, um, so so when you have the the sepsis uh, and what you talked about here about the cells shutting down to to stick with your metaphor, it's like you have, you know, uh, glued the you pages. You burn the food, basically, or you glue the pages of the book together, so yes. it's more difficult yes. to yes. to open. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yes. Could could any vaccines be doing this also? Uh, actually, overwhelming the immune system and, and glue the pages together.
1: Well, it, it is possible that, that some of them are doing it. Um, uh, there are some indication that some some vaccines induce rather a, a more uh, a, a more tolerant uh, phenotype of the innate immune system that they downregulate at least certain components of the innate uh, response. There was a very interesting uh, study, for example, for balipulendron uh, last year in cell, who showed the difference between uh, influenza vaccines, which were without an adjuvant or with an adjuvant, and and some influenza vaccines, which are non-adjuvanted, so they were stimulating the immune system without a very strong innate immune response, they were rather inducing a tolerant phenotype of innate immune cells so not responding strongly the second time whereas adding an adjuvant to the uh, to the influenza vaccine induced a very good and very nice antiviral long term uh, trained immunity phenotype so yes indeed and this is one of the most important areas of research now i think in trying to understand what are the ingredients let's put it this way in a vaccine that can induce an improvement or a downregulation regulation of the immune response we also have to realize that not even even the vaccines that induce strain immunity not all of them induce precisely the same program so you can you can put the bookmarks at different pages in the book sometimes you put the pages uh, you put the bookmark at the page which is Uh, giving you the instruction for antibacterial host defense and sometimes for antifungal or sometimes antiviral host defense. So we also try to understand how to make different recipes, let's say, of uh, of innate immune responses, of training immunity uh, responses, depending on the type of vaccines and the type of protection that we want to, uh, to achieve. Of course, ideally, we would like to achieve a very broad protection, both against bacteria, viruses, Maybe fungi, but, uh, but there is still uh, work to do
0: do you think uh, that it will ever be possible to completely mimic what the live vaccines like bct are doing because uh, as you know also we've seen these beneficial effects on the immune system and the the reduction in subsequent risk of infection for for several live vaccines and what they seem to be in, to have in common is the fact that they are uh, alive and and at least to some extent replicating perhaps also will will that ever be possible to mimic artificially, do you think?
1: Uh, it, is, it is a very difficult question. It would be very tough in any case, because of course there are many things that are happening at the same time. When you induce with BCG, for example, in fact a very mild infection, it is a very mild infection that we induce intradermally. Um, there are many changes taking place, and some we know and some we don't. And at this moment, we are trying to mimic, especially the things that we know, but we will not mimic the things that we don't know. And it's it's always very tough to to build completely, um, uh, let's say, um, the same uh, the same model, the same picture that you have with with a live infection. Um, I do think that that we could improve some of the non-live vaccines to include a trained immunity response. I think that is possible. Whether that would be possible to mimic fully what a live vaccine is doing, I'm not sure. We have to see in the next uh, couple of years. We also try should try to understand uh, where what are the components in which we can also improve the BCG response, because also the BCG response is inducing a very interesting and important uh, non-specific effect, but it's also not giving a complete full uh, a full protection. So uh, so being able to understand exactly what BCG is doing, what it is also not doing, maybe maybe combining uh, components of, of of other types of vaccines with BCG to improve the response uh, towards certain pathogens uh, f- uh, or towards uh, towards other types of microorganisms, would be also a very important area of research. We see for example with BCG that can induce stronger protection against certain type of infections than against others. We were just studying uh, these past 2 years and we have observed that for example BCG apparently induces a much better protective response against influenza uh, vaccine ag- against uh, against influenza virus and flu than against COVID-19 for example. Uh, although we do see effects also on COVID-19, they are much stronger for influenza. Why is that? How can we improve that? So all these are very important questions uh, to be answered.
0: So, so yeah, you have uh, you've already started answering my my last question, which is about what what is now on your research agenda. And and I think what to summarize what I understood was that both uh, looking more into what uh, would. Cause innate tolerance uh, and and how to um, change that with with whether one could give, for instance, uh, 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 certain substances uh, that that would reverse and an innate tolerance uh, induced by a vaccine, for instance. But also understand more in depth the effect of the live vaccines on on different pathogens, and I guess also why it works better in some individuals than in other individuals. But but are there is that rightly summarized for? And, and secondly, what, what else uh, would be on your research agenda um, and, and with, with which overriding uh, uh, sort of aims?
1: Yes, this, this, this is a very good uh, summary, actually. We try to understand again uh, in depth what BCG is doing, but also other vaccines such as MMR. We are trying also to understand variability in different type of populations for example in young versus old in men versus women in individuals from different geographical location trying to understand the variability in the human population that is also very important we can learn a lot of that how can we improve that that is very important how can we use it in in, in different uh, situations of populations at risk uh pandemic being an example but also the Older age, for example, uh, very important. We are trying to understand exactly also how can we improve that, uh, that response, uh, trying different uh, combinations of, of, of vaccines and adjuvants. And also, we are trying to to bring that more and more also towards therapy. One, one important area that is close to our interest is, uh, is that of immunoparalysis caused by sepsis, for example. Can we restore it? Can we improve it? So to uh, to improve the outcome of sepsis, which is unfortunately even now uh, not good enough. There are a lot of people who are suffering and a lot of people unfortunately who die from sepsis every year. So we try to see whether we can improve um, uh, sepsis immunoparalysis uh, for that and also to learn. And the last area of research in which we are also very interest, interested is to learn from infections and try to, to use these approaches also in other diseases. We are learning now a lot from BCG, and BCG is also used, for example, in certain types of cancer. And we are trying to to identify the components from BCG who are are working and inducing anti-cancer effects, and trying to build new uh, new, uh, medicines, basically, that can be used for immunotherapy of cancer. That is one last uh, major area of research in which we are also very interested.
0: So this is both related to, or I can understand also for for, for good reasons, very much related to the patient care of the septicemic and and people who already develop cancer. Uh, But I also hear a a huge uh, interest in and and also a great perspective in all uh, of preventing disease uh, absolutely, using absolutely. these. Uh, so so a last question may be if in, in the future we will have some different vaccines which are created uh, and developed not only to, or maybe already existing vaccines which are used not to prevent against specific diseases, but more like in the course of a lifetime, one could imagine that one would have different uh, vaccines according to Maybe one's genetic background, or uh, but also age-wise, which uh, pathogen environment one one is uh, in, which uh, external exposures one is exposed to, could 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 that be the future that we will take vaccines to strengthen our immune system and our yeah our general. Uh, resistance towards diseases as a preventive measure throughout a, a life course
1: absolutely I, I i think that that is absolutely the case I, I do think also hopefully the dream would be to have vaccines also that combine induction of trained immunity and the non specific effects with good effects also specifically on 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 tmb cells so to build a new generation of vaccines that combines these two very important immunological mechanisms that induce protection, that is on the one hand. On the other hand, as you have uh, mentioned, is to identify what type of vaccines would be necessary in different groups at risk, in the very young, in the in the newborn, which are a group uh, at, at risk for infections in their first year of life, but also in the elderly. Uh, 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 among us uh, uh, in the older population how can we improve the general uh, tonus of their I- immune response so they are less susceptible to infection also in the in the individuals at risk after certain types of uh, diseases we know that uh, uh, certain categories of people after surgery or after sepsis and so on they have much higher uh, increase in susceptibility to infections, hopefully we can we can prevent those infectious complications in in those groups at risk. And finally, we uh, we are working also uh, in preventing measures. How can we how can we build trained immunity based uh, vaccines and use them as bridge vaccination in pandemic preparedness in the future when we would have a, a, a new pandemic, and we will have it. That was happening always in the history. Uh, There is a new pathogen for which we do not have yet uh, a a specific vaccine. And it takes one year, one year and a half to to design, test, produce, distribute such a vaccine. What are we going to do in that that year? And one possible uh, action we can take is to use these strain immunity inducing vaccines with non-specific effect test them very quickly because they are already available, test them very quickly at the beginning of a pandemic. If one of them works, even partial, giving partial protection, 30 40% would be still very important in a pandemic and use them as a bridge vaccination until the specific vaccines, which can give a higher degree of protection, are developed. So so to build these type of programs would be very important in the future.
0: Mihaly Tia, Professor of Immunology at Radboud University. Thank you so very much for sharing all these uh, new exciting research findings and perspectives with us. Thank you.
1: Thank you. It was a pleasure.
0: You've listened to Vaccine Curious with your host, professor in global health from University of Southern Denmark, Christine steppel Thanks for listening.